Hi, everybody. Welcome to Rachel's Reviews, and we're so excited today. We are here to talk about Comic-Con and all of the fun news that we got, particularly out of the big Marvel uh, panel that they had in Hall H, and uh, they announced all of Phase 4 and in, into some of Phase 5. And I'm Rachel, and my friend Patrick is here to talk about this all. Hey, guys. How's it going? Phase yeah. 4. Whoop, whoop. Yes. <laughs> yes. So this is pretty exciting. Patrick, how big a Marvel fan would you say that you are? Um, you know, I think for for wherever my camp was before Iron Man came, it was definitely DC. Uh-huh. I still think that uh like if they ever got their stuff together, I'd end up still being a DC fan, to be honest with you. But uh -huh. Once Iron Man started, I would say, like, I kind of just joined the bandwagon like most people did. They won't admit it. Nobody knew who Iron Man was at the beginning. Yeah. Let's all be honest, right? Except for that one person that was in the theater in the back, sweating a ton. And everybody was kind of like, oh, what is what, what, what is he talking about? But he's like, it's Iron Man, crazies. And then once we got to the Avengers and, of course, all of that, um, I yeah, I've been a fan of them mainly through the movies and then branched off to comics after that and yeah so i actually wasn't a uh, wasn't a fan of uh superhero movies at all uh right when uh they first started the mcu uh I, I i i saw iron man and i thought it was pretty good mm -hmm. uh but i was just i had seen green lantern and i hated it and uh, and there was just a number right around that same time. I think I saw the Green Hornet, and I hated that. And and it was uh, and I had seen I guess Catwoman, and I don't know, just a whole bunch of terrible movies. And I was like, this is not for me. Mm -hmm. I don't like superhero movies. I don't connect with them. And so I had just kind of sworn off the. <laughs> like yeah. I'm done because I wasn't <laughs> reviewing movies at the time. So it was just my taste. And, uh, and then my friends kept bugging me, go see Avengers, you got to see Avengers, you got to see Avengers, you got to see, I'm like, I don't know about this. This does not look like my thing. Uh, so, but then I finally uh, watched it on DVD and I loved it and I hadn't seen it. You didn't it. see it in theaters? No, I know. It's Whoa. so sad. I know. I know. Uh, but. <laughs> That's crazy. I know. The Avengers? What? I know. It's terrible. So what but, about uh, the Dark Knight trilogy? What's that? I actually you were uh, out of that too. It was too dark. Too it much was of a dark night. It was definitely too dark for me then. <laughs> I've, too dark I've, I've grown up since <laughs> then. But uh, but <laughs> uh, I think I did see Batman get the first one in yeah. uh, theaters. But but anyway, I uh, I just wasn't into superhero movies at the time. But then I saw the Avengers and I thought it was amazing and so funny and so witty and just delightful. And I hadn't seen the previous films except for Iron Man and I still mm. loved it. So that, that's it. That's a kind of an interesting experience. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, and so I was on board pretty much from that point on and uh, they, they've had their highs and their lows. Uh, some that I, uh, that I've uh, liked more than others, but overall, I uh, I still uh, in you know enjoyed. I, I feel like they haven't really made a I don't know a uh, uh -oh. Batman and Robin uh -oh. kind of oh, stinker no. or Green Lantern stinker. When you throw I, the gauntlet it, down, Rachel, 
you think I always they have, have to huh? find something. What's what, that? what are they? What would they have? If, if, what, what is the you, on a Batman, Batman and Robin, Robin, Robin level or Superman maybe Four? like Ang Lee's Hulk? Like if we're talking just straight Marvel, because you know the DCU and and like DC films are separate, so I guess you'd have to compare apples to apples. So Ang Lee's Hulk maybe could be the worst, or or like Captain America's fish bulb head, like back in the fifties. Oh, they came out. Do you oh, remember yeah. that one? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're talking about that, or, then yeah. Didn't they the have 90s. an Avengers film back in the day? And there was there was a Nick Fury and a and a Black Widow, yeah. but it was nothing. It had nothing to do with the Avengers to begin with. Like if we were to compare MCU to DCU, holy crap! Yeah, ooh, uh, they've hit pretty much every mark as well yeah. as far as you would say box office wise. I mean, some of the films, sure. I think. I think it's funny, like there's so many diamonds in their categories that it's really easy to like start picking at the one that looks a little bit imperfect. And not saying that Thor of the Dark World is an imperfect diamond, but it certainly has flaws, but it's still like Thor it's in a sense, right? It's not watchable awful. is the term. And you know what? They they decided with Endgame, I don't we don't care if you don't like it. We're gonna make it seem way more important than it ever was going to be. You thought through the dark world was over. No, no, no. We're so confident, we're just gonna yeah. throw it back in your face. <laughs> that's a very good point. Like and that's exactly what phase four felt like. It felt like when Kevin Feige came up to announce it. Didn't he feel like Justin Hammer in Iron Man 2 when he, when he came onto the stage? He was like, -da 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 -da. Yeah, yeah, we're endgame. We just we just hit the highest box office in the world. Ooh, what's up, guys? And like <laughs> he just started bragging about we've done all of this stuff. Did you watch the panel? Uh, yeah, I did. And that I, I is very a good way that. to describe it. <laughs> Well, because of course they announced that Endgame uh, was had reached the, which was like the perfect timing. Exactly that right. That news Avatar that, that day, day, that weekend. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he probably felt so good. That was oh probably gosh. man. I could only imagine what Kevin Feige felt like through that panel. Like just not nothing but net that dude yeah oh yeah uh we have some great uh comments in the chat room we have a lot of people in the chat room so this is very exciting uh what? yes uh and uh caleb richardson he says angley's hulk wasn't terrible it was an our house film disguised as a comic book film the comic book panel style cinematography was awesome so mm. there you go Does yeah but in? that's cg hulk I, right <laughs> i think that i that, that i hulk, think ooh, that rough to look at Something like Electra is, is probably even worse if you're if you're going that. Oh yeah, Electra was just if, so boring. It was. If we're going to Fox. Is yeah, we've got Van Forstick. We've got. <laughs> oh man, it's yeah. an apocalypse. Oh, Origins Wolverine. Oh yeah, you know, but I, yeah. <laughs> they, they and a lot of people are critical of Marvel for for of, of M the MCU for putting out formula films. Mm -hmm. But I actually think there's an art and a craft to making a quality formula film yeah. that uh, that is they've gotten really interesting directors who've been able to take the formula and add their own spins and, and style to it. Yeah. And if it's not your if it, you know, just kind of like uh, if McDonald's isn't your you, you don't think it tastes good, then that's fine. But there's, they know, they know their formula and they know what they are. And I think that that's the, uh, 
the the hardest thing in life is to kind of know what you are and execute it well. And and I would think compared to Star Wars, in my opinion, I feel like Star Wars has really struggled to kind of know what they are. And each mm-hmm. each movie with each director is trying to kind of reinvent the wheel. You know, whether it's yeah. Gareth Edwards trying to do a war movie, whether it's uh, you know Ryan Johnson doing whatever he was trying to do, J.J. Abrams making basically marvel movies like formula films uh you know so well here's uh, the difference i can i can tell you right off the bat like there was no kevin feige really in in the star wars universe and And i would even say that the origin film is what the mcu have really been able to nail down sure people will say whatever they want about captain marvel they can say whatever but i think as far as origin stories go they had a formula that they were using so well and there's the, there's that age old saying you have to know the rules to break the rules right mm-hmm. they got it to the point where they they were they knew what they were doing they had just put a tree and a raccoon on screen and everybody loved them yeah. so they decided let's take genres and start bending genres and that's what makes it so good is that kevin feige is able to weave in the full narrative but each film has its own flavor it's its own genre and it, yeah. it still works but star wars they kind of gave maybe too much creativity to the to the creators of it to let yeah. them go ham when there could have maybe been a a focal point or like a, a head not so much with Kathleen Kennedy because she's a great producer but maybe somebody to spearhead the ideas a little more. Yeah, there's no doubt about that at all. I mean, that could be a whole nother podcast, but <laughs> but absolutely I agree that I that they it is i mean nobody can deny that over there in lucasfilm it has been a mess like even if you like the movies that the getting there has been rough on all of the whether yeah firing colin trevorrow firing uh what's his josh trank firing like it's been a mess Ooh, but josh trank like good good move on them for doing that <laughs> do you remember during that time what uh was happening yeah, yeah no with, no uh, I, fantastic four and like all the news reports came out that he'd yeah. like trashed his apartment yeah 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 spent ten thousand dollars in like damaging stuff with his dog and like what <laughs> why did you do in that hotel dude <laughs> yeah I mean, like, really he's the, sick he can't come to the panel mm, yeah okay. really the yeah. only thing i mean and dc's been the same way i mean how many different directors have we gotten for the flash for instance i mean it's yeah. just, everything oh, has just been oh, so flash. messy the only every thing time that they're we, like it's coming i go yeah okay buddy sure <laughs> <laughs> the like, only yeah, thing sure. that we've gotten similar to that in marvel was the whole edgar wright thing with ant-man but but the problem with that is that he wasn't ready to play ball at all in the MCU. Mm. And it's like trying to make pizza at a McDonald's. Like you can't, you have to play, you have to play in the franchise that you're in. You have to, so it's not going to work. The biggest mistakes or some of the biggest mistakes, I think that the MCU have made because of course they're not perfect is that. And I also think not going with Patty Jenkins to direct Lord of the Dark World. Mm-hmm. severely handicapped Jane Foster's character, yeah. which is what's making Thor love and thunder and, and Jane becoming Thor seem a little bit weird. Right. Yeah. We're I, think, about- I think if they'd gone down a different route with that. And also I think with, um, 
Oh, crap, I forgot what I was going to say. Never mind. No, you're right. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, but but anyway, they they have had an incredible track record of basically knowing, and this is what Kevin Feige does so well, is that he knows exactly his brand and he knows how to execute it well. And that is so hard to do. People take mm. it for granted, but that is really, really difficult. Uh, but we have some more great comments. So Durbania says, Phase 4 is going to be interesting for the film's mostly unfamiliar properties. The confidence is up. So, yeah, we're oh, going to talk yeah. about those, but I'm really, really excited. And then uh, Ryan O'Toole says, I think Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is what I'm most excited about. Mm. And Mahershala Ali as Blade. So, yes, we're so excited yes. about that. And so do we want to break down just from the beginning and kind of knock them out one by one? Uh, yes, let's do it. Uh, and uh, let's just real quick before these comments go, uh, Caleb Richardson says, J.J. Abrams knew how to make a formulaic Star Wars film. Ryan Johnson destroyed Star Wars more than Lucas did with the prequels. I don't hate The Last Jedi. It's okay, but it's a mess of a movie. I don't disagree, but that's for another podcast. So, all right. Um, Caleb's got some hot takes today. Yes, he does. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about this panel. So the very first thing like we well, well do we want to cover like the actual movies first like may 1st 2020 black widow timeline yes, yes. so uh the they did announce that uh, of course that uh endgame had finally beaten avatar mm -hmm. and uh do you think that this is just kind of a novelty or do you think there's some significance to it do you care at all uh oh i think there's definitely significance to it much more significance to me than um avatar beating it avatar to everybody and i think even when force awakens and the last jedi came out when everyone was talking box office numbers they'd always go well it never beat avatar because avatar was an anomaly yeah they never gave it credit right they were always like well so many weird circumstances happened to where it just kept coming out in theaters but this i think every single person it's like when you see rocky beat apollo creed in the second film it's like, yes, you and you deserve it. You should have this now. Like you, you built up eighteen films, yeah, made billions and billions of dollars in the box. I think eighteen billion is the is the actual amount of how much they've made so far. Yeah, like they deserve it. And in, and an overarching story, it's like it's something that's never been done in cinema before. And. Yeah. If it's not going to win an Oscar, by God, it better destroy the box office records. So I'm happy. Yeah, me too. I I mean, it's it's funny because people act like Avatar's like the worst movie ever made now, you know, it's because the it, worst. Because it people just hate is a little people more derivative hate. than people think. Yeah, well, no, pe people hate things that are successful. That's an American thing. <laughs> like, yeah. We, Do you see that happening anytime soon with Marvel then? Um, are they at the I mean, you definitely have the Marvel haters, which is fine. And some people don't like it. That's fine. Um, mm. But, uh, but no, because the thing with that's so smart about Marvel is that they have all of these little franchises within the greater franchise. And yeah. so if you don't like say the Avengers franchise, it's you too probably, built up. You're saying, you know, like well, if you don't like the Avengers, like franchise, then you probably like, maybe the Black Panther franchise or the yeah. Iron Man movies, or they're, they're quite different, even though they have this general formula. And so that's what helps them. That's why they can make three movies a year because 
like even though they're technically all Marvel movies, there's quite a bit of difference between an Endgame, a Spider-Man, even though that's Sony, I know, but but anyway, within the franchise, the yeah. Spider-Man, a Captain Marvel, those are three pretty different. Like it's satisfying a different kind of a different audience. Yeah. So that's how they're able to do, uh, you know, something that other franchises just literally it's impossible. They can't do it. They do have uh, one hurdle though, but I'll I'll get to that when we get to Blade. But, but anyway, it's just funny about Avatar because, in my opinion, the thing about Avatar is that it's a perfectly fine movie. It's just too long for the story they have, mm. you know? Like, I don't mind a long movie, but it has to have the story to kind of back up that long movie. And in yeah. this case, it's just, they just don't. It's just too simple a story. If it, I think if it was under two hours, it would be amazing. But because it's almost three, it's just, it starts to wear on me. But it's fine. Mm. It's not the worst movie ever. People are ridiculous. But it's too long, like Pocahontas, that's my take. I yeah, think it looks beautiful and the 3D is astounding. Yeah. But too long, kind of like Pocahontas. Yeah. But it's not like the worst movie I've ever seen. People are ridiculous. But anyway, so. Black Widow <laughs> won't be like Pocahontas. No. So let's. Pokey let's in the face with, it, with her thighs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So let's, let's talk about Black Widow. So this is really interesting to me because I, for some reason was thinking that it was going to be basically like a flashback and that Florence mm. Pugh was going to be playing Black Widow. I don't know why I thought that, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but evidently not. <laughs> well, so yeah. Di- be, director yeah. directed by Kate Shortland stars Scarlett Johansson, obviously David Harbour came on super excited to be out of the Hellboy costume i'm pretty sure <laughs> florence florence Pugh is supposed to kind of be like the black widow understudy and then rachel weiss yeah. is uh i think the villain isn't she um i think so but um yeah she, so florence Pugh. iron is, maiden is so florence Pugh is playing a character named yelena Bel- belova yeah and it says she's described as a sister figure to natasha Okay. who clashes with her from time to time. And uh, yeah, and then David Harbour is playing Alex, uh, Alexei, a man part of the Soviet Union's Cold War answer to Captain America, also mm. known as the Super Soldier Red Guardian. So that will be interesting. <laughs> Sounds like, I wonder if that will be a surprise. Well, he said though. during the panel that he has some beef with Captain America. So super soldier, we'll see what that means. Yeah. Hopefully they don't tie that too much with Cap. I want, I want more Black Widow than Cap in this, please. Right. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being kind of a surprise villain. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I could see that. I, a lot of people were thinking that he was going to be Taskmaster, Taskmaster, I believe. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think Comic-Con confirmed that he he did not want that. And that's not him. And Rachel White's is she's playing Melina Vostikov yeah. and that's Iron Maiden. So that would be the villain. Um, and during the panel, they, they were just, they showed the logo within a clip with Black Widow and um, Shostakov fighting. And they're, they just, they move past these pretty quickly, right? That's about it. And then they went to the next one. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the uh, this is a woman who has been through the Red Room training program that spawned both uh, Widow and Yelena several times, and uh, then 
so yeah, this surprised me because they said that they were going to talk about Budapest, which really mm. excites me because I Apparently love that's where that, that scene adventure. takes place that they saw. It takes place in Budapest. Yeah. But do you but, think Hawkeye will be in it? I, I, he'd have to be. I mean, come yeah. on, that's the funny one of the funniest parts in the Avengers. Just a flashback, please. You and I remember Budapest very differently. That would be <laughs> so funny. I would love it. And uh, so uh, the uh, so so uh, Scarlett Johansson. She said, "I think that's what drew me to the story. Is she has so many secrets and she's got so much vulnerability, uh, and that's what makes her such a great heroine." Oh wait, no, this is uh, director Kate Shoran. Sorry, that said mm. this. Uh, in this film, we get to understand her past and she gets to put all the pieces of herself together and come out a whole person. Do you think, a spoiler alert, if you're one of the like two people on the planet who hasn't seen Endgame, but do you think that this will be hurt at all by the fact that we know that not, Natasha died in Endgame? No, I don't think so. The timeline is, um, is already set right like this isn't some weird suddenly her eyes pop open when she's in Vormir okay or yeah. wherever she was at sorry mm -hmm. um but I think that I don't know we'll be I'll be interested to see where this is coming from she said that she couldn't have done this story without it taking place right now at this point with the MCU so I'm glad they're making use of what has happened and that they're not kind of shying away and giving you like a straight prequel or origin story to it so i'm interested to see what they do yeah see i mean going into i was thinking this was going to be even more of a prequel than what it seems like it is like i think there's going to be a mixture of present and like flashbacks back and it's all going to weave together so i'm really intrigued about this i think that uh that it's it's going to be a really fun fun movie yeah and, and, and then I, they moved to Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, and I, I think that a lot of people that maybe felt like certain aspects of Captain Marvel that maybe felt a little heavy-handed, uh, it seems like this hopefully won't have some of those those complaints. But we'll see. Mm, nah, I don't think that's really in... I think... Yeah, that's a whole that's a whole can of worms. <laughs> well, maybe at least for a few people. It seems... It seems to They're be, just different characters. I doubt we yeah, get it. yeah. Um, so, uh, we got a couple comments about this. Uh, Jabania says, what interests me most about Black Widow is David Harbour's character. There's an interesting Alexei Natasha backstory. So, yeah, I think that that could be really interesting for sure. Uh, do you think that they're going to try to give all these people, uh, Russian accents or are they just going to not care? Oh yeah. David Harbour was sporting one when he was on the yeah. panel. Okay. Hopefully that doesn't, it's not too cheesy, but <laughs> we'll see. Um, so uh, Jacob says, I'm excited to see Taskmaster in Black Widow. And uh, let's see. And then Caleb Richard says, I'm a little scared of the movie potentially taking place in Russia, given the p current political climate. I hope that <laughs> doesn't hurt the movie. I think that's unlikely. I, I think that, that I, that, Marvel has never really been very political. So I think it'll just be kind of window dressing. I don't think it'll be too controversial, but who knows? Yeah. And if it's there, so what? Yeah. <laughs> Black Panther is a politician. Like, so yeah. what? You're going right. to have that. I mean, it's a fake country, but yeah. She's yeah. from Russia. 
<laughs> I'm worried that the Black Widow movie is going to be in Russia. What? That's so weird. That's like, oh, I'm really worried that the there's Captain America movie is going to take place in Brooklyn. But there's a difference between uh, I don't know setting. if we should do it in New York. There's a difference between the setting and it being overtly political. Now, but if, I don't you, see if you're saying, happening. I don't want him, I don't want them to say, let's talk about Trump and Putin and go deep into that. <laughs> yeah. That's one. But to be like, I don't know about that continent that that russia country i don't know that's that's kind of funny i don't think it, i agree i think i i would be very surprised don't worry caleb, caleb it's fine uh, i would be very surprised caleb if uh, if it was overtly political but who knows okay so then we get the television show uh well the streaming show uh the first one, the, of Disney the Plus. First one uh in fall uh and uh and the falcon and the winter soldier Mm -hmm. is coming up and Caleb says he's most excited for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So that's really fun. And yeah. uh, so this is, so they're going to have, I think one more season of agents of shield and, yep. uh, and then I uh, will be done with that. And so this will be the, what's interesting about these Disney plus shows is as opposed to the Netflix shows and just barely with agents of shield uh, that, this these will have real connection uh to the uh um the uh they'll have a real connection to the mcu which this which the television shows so far barely had to them yeah so whether this one's going to be a super big tie-in like wandavision they they said would be i'm not entirely sure but what we know so far about it is that Daniel Bruhl's is back from Captain America Winter uh, Civil War as Baron Zemo. They made it a point to not just call him Zemo, but Baron Zemo. And they even had a uh, little like glitch out during the panel with Daniel Bruhl giving a speech, this threatening, like, I'm coming for you, wait there, soldier, or whatever. And uh, you see the purple mask from the comics. And so yeah. that was their big thing. Um, of course, we're having Falcon transition into Captain America in the series, I'm assuming, because it's going to start with Falcon. And then uh, he came out with the shield. So, I mean, that's got to mean something. Yeah. Do you kind of wish they were just keeping uh, him the way that he, keeping him as Falcon as opposed to becoming Cap the next Captain America? No, I, I'm I'm excited to see the transition because here's where they're going with all of this. I'm seeing Falcon is the new Captain America. We've got Jane is the new Thor. We've got uh, Peter Parker as the new Iron Man. Uh, mm -hmm. This really cool transition and every single like character, like I don't see it as a downgrade mm -hmm. at all, you know? And honestly, Falcon... Falcon was just the guy that was in the air doing stuff. I, I keep picturing like Falcon in the air, hucking the shield at stuff. Like how crazy would that be? Yeah. Right. As he's flying, just like boom to people <laughs> like that. That would be so cool. There's a lot they yeah. can do with that character, especially with him being a veteran, all of the stuff yeah. they can pull from there. He, he is like what uh, Captain America said. He is the next person. Like it's, it's, it's yours, you know? Yeah, so I'm excited to. Uh, this is described as a buddy action drama. Yes, and this is Maybe set up buddy frenemy. Yeah, this is set after <laughs> I'm for that. after Endgame, and uh, so that's cool. And uh, and the uh, uh, they have the uh, Empire TV series veteran Malcolm Spellman as head writer, joined by John Wick's Derek. 
Colstead, and nice. uh, and the show has Carrie Skolgad as director, and so a pretty good group behind it. And uh, you know, they they obviously aren't going to have the same budget for these shows as they have for the movies, but uh, mm. I think it will be. Uh, it will be, At least a decent amount. I mean, Disney yeah. spares no expense lately, and if they're really trying to make this fit in, I heard that what did the man? What does the Mandalorian have? I think it was like seven million dollars an episode. I believe mm -hmm. I, I I'm probably wrong in that, but yeah. that's a lot. That's a yeah. lot to play with. And if yeah. they can do that, how many episodes is the question? Ooh, I'm not sure if it. Because if they're going for like a 13 episode arc, then they're going to have to spread out a budget. But if they're going like this is a six episode series and it ends, I mean, I could see them putting a a movie budget into it. Mm -hmm. Caleb says uh, 10 million an episode, I guess, for The Mandalorian. So that's pretty okay. amazing. Yeah, um, that, that could definitely. Disney's just like bucks, money, money, money. Yeah. You guys got it. <laughs> and uh, and the we did find out that Zemo is going to be using the uh, the purple mask from the comics, so mm -hmm. that'll be pretty fun. And uh, and Anthony Mackie says, "Beat you once, we can beat you twice." So that was that was a fun fun thing. So I think uh, he's probably going to be going after Bucky. If you yeah. think about it, like he's going to try to return him or something again. And I think the two of them are going to have nice chemistry. I'm excited. Uh, and and the thing that I, I think is so appealing about Marvel is that it, they are about their heroes. They're mm -hmm. about, and they have gotten, I, 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 I think that they have pretty much nailed it with casting on in almost every character. Like it's, it's except for Hulk. Like it, it, it first, it, it's hard to think of a character that maybe I guess Jane Foster wasn't great. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we'll talk about her, but, uh, but almost every role they have, just gotten an incredible casting. And I think the two of these will have really nice chemistry. So I'm excited for it. Yeah. All right, moving on. Okay. So we have the Eternals and this is uh, November, 2020. And uh, this is really interesting. I'm very excited about the director, Chloe Zhao. She mm -hmm. did a movie, an indie called the writer. And uh, it uh, it was very raw and it was very, uh, I, I kind of prefer there was like two horse movies last year. <laughs> there was there was Lean on Pete and there was The Rider. They were both really good and beautifully made. Uh, but uh, I preferred Lean on Pete. But <laughs> but anyway, uh, she did a, a very good job directing that movie, and it's uh, the cinematography is beautiful. And and so to see her get her shot at a, a mainstream film, this is exciting. And a big cast behind yeah. it. Angelina Jolie is Thena, a super strong warrior woman. Richard Madden as Icarus, who's the father of Greek god Icarus. Kamel Nanjiani, which is the one I'm most excited about, mm -hmm. as Kingo. Uh, he's a samurai, a master swordsman. That sounds cool. He looked like he was getting pretty buff too. He, yeah. he got he got some he got some hacks going. <laughs> Lauren Ridloff is McCory is superhumanly fast. So we got we got a new speedster in the mix. Brian Tyree Henry, who is amazing if you've seen Atlanta. Uh yeah, he's he's awesome. Yeah. As Fastos. He's he's very smart. He's supposed to be the intelligent person, kind of helps to design some of the things with the Eternals. Uh he's often mistaken for the Greek god. Um this is gonna sound weird. Hephaestus? <laughs> uh-huh. 
Selma yeah. Hayek is the leader of all of this as Ajax. Uh, that's traditionally a male character in the comics. So they're doing some oh, okay. bending on this, but I, she seemed so game for it. And I loved what she said during the panel when she was talking about, she's the den mother of this group and she's going to kind of exude a mother-like yeah, and she's leadership. a good actress. Like she's uh, oh yeah, Academy Award nominated. So her and Angelina Jolie both, I think, got really big responses from the crowd. Yeah. Um, Don Lee is Gilgamesh, which is probably the most Star Trek name I've ever heard in the yeah, Marvel universe. Um, he's playing funny. the Forgotten One. Um, I yeah, I don't know much about anything. This is about as obscure to me as. Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know how much I want to know about it, to be frank, before I see the movie, because there's something really awesome about not knowing anything about Guardians and going in and being surprised. So well, how much do you know about this? Are you going to learn any more about it, or oh, you, do you want to go in blind? I definitely will. I actually have found, because uh, so I, I started doing podcasts with my friend Trevor from How to Love Comics, and mm. we talk about the comics and then also, and then how they tra transition to the film. And I found it a way more rewarding experience to read the comics first and just to have that kind of, it's not required, but I don't know, I just think it makes it a more interesting experience because you can see, mm. oh, that's why they made this choice and that's why they did this. And, and so I definitely yeah. will for sure. Um, but, um, uh, but yeah, this seems really interesting. Uh, Chloe Zhao, she says, it's about this group of incredible immortals, but through their journey, we're going to get to explore what it means to be human and humanity in our time on this planet. Uh, mm -hmm. So it says that... Uh, Where were then, you during Sokovia? <laughs> <laughs> that lady uh, just shows up in an elevator over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I love Richard Madden. He is so dreamy. So I'm excited mm. about that. And it's interesting they're going to have the first deaf uh, superhero uh, with yeah. uh, the Lauren Ridloff character. And she said, I do have, uh, a, let's see. Ridloff marks another step forward in MC Custody. He says, I do have a son. And he asked me after he read, Greek mythology, what does honor mean? She said at the panel, this, this is what honor means. I'm so honored to be here. So yeah, that was great. So that's exciting. Definitely excited about, uh, about the, it's the most diverse cast. I think Marvel's ever had yeah. as well. Yeah. And uh, so I think it'll be really fresh and, and it'll be fun. Freaky fresh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Ryan O'Toole says the cast is stacked. Uh, so, uh, so, okay. So then we have Shang-Chi and the legend of the 10 rings. This is coming in February, 2021. Mm -hmm. uh, and they are just going to be pumping out these. It's going to be, it's going to be really fun. This uh, was the one with the most, I think maybe the least, I don't know. The, the most like, newest info but still the least amount of info that we know about coming. it right we, we found out who literally this dude found out four days before the panel um who was playing shang chi and that's tony leung um director destin daniel cretton came on stage and and saw kevin Feige was talking about how he's like hey i'm just this kid from maui i'm just from hawaii i i've never been able to like this is amazing and then brought out the new guy the new guy tony long he looks so excited to be there and he was like i just found out like four days ago i'm gonna have a heart attack <laughs> now isn't isn't uh tony long gonna be playing the mandarin uh i think so 
and and, and then my, it's oh yeah, um, yeah 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 I got that wrong. Simu Liu? Liu. Yeah, it's gonna be Is playing his name Liu. Uh, yeah, I think so. He's gonna be playing oh, gotcha. Shang Chi. But uh, but yeah, I mean, so that's exciting Maybe that we're actually gonna it. get the real Mandarin. Uh, because I was not a fan of what they did in Iron Man Three. <laughs> that was really not my favorite. Um, it did. It didn't work mainly because everybody wanted the actual. Well, and it was Mandarin. just lame to go from knew, an interesting yeah. villain to another man in a suit. Like all of Tony's villains are all like evil businessmen. It was boring. So you took somebody interesting and yeah. replaced it with someone boring. So I don't understand. It was it was not good, but it, I got the name. I'm sorry. Let me correct myself. It's Simu Liu. Yeah, Simu Liu casts as yeah. Shangxi. Man, I'm a dummy. No, no. That's good. <laughs> uh, and uh, so uh, Raja Taba says, "I'm really excited for Shang Shangxi, but I have a strange feeling they can mess it up." Anybody? They've got a lot writing on it. If they're going like, let's go off the, the biggest mistake we had in the Iron Man franchise, <laughs> you know? It's yeah. Like, let's bring that in. <laughs> but I think they're gonna. It's we've never seen this Ten Rings before. We've seen the Ten Rings from the Middle East, like you know, during like a terrorist attack or something. But this is coming from the 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 Far East, where we're looking at a real Mandarin with. The, and I remember looking up the Mandarin. He he has kind of his own little style of Infinity Gauntlets in the Ten Rings. He actually has Ten Rings that all control different parts of sorcery and magic and stuff. So I'm excited for it. We're going to get a lot of magic this phase. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I, I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to be... I mean, I like martial arts films. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I trust I trust Marvel to make a competent... I don't think it will be a disaster, but it's always that potential. You yeah. Know, it's going to be a new phase. We're going to be taking a little more risk. And so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, but I'm, a, I'm not crazy about the director just because uh, his name Dustin Daniel Cretton because he made the movie The Glass Castle which I absolutely hated. Oh, he did? <laughs> yeah, I absolutely I remember that hated one. Hated that movie. Oof, that was, a it's, a rough, it's a rough subject for that one. Don't go see that was, one if you get a chance. It wasn't for me. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but Aquafina's really in this it. from Crazy um, Rich Asians. I yes. think that's the most exciting cast casting is Aquafina. I love her. She's amazing. Um, and Which, uh, that'll be the humor for sure. She's going to be the comedic part. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And she's, but she, uh, if you've seen the farewell, which you should, it's really good. Where uh, is it playing? Uh, it's, Side note. Cause they had it, I swear announced it's not like film society. And then all of a sudden they, so did you go to the screening? No, I saw it at Sundance and it's oh, Yeah. Lucky dog. <laughs> so we have some comments. So let's see here. Uh, Rhino Tool says, I think the film should open with Mandarin blowing off the head of Trevor Slattery. So that would be pretty good. <laughs> that would be pretty good. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> Roger Thomas says, I didn't like what they did with him in Iron Man 3 as well. Mm. Uh, and Rhino Tool says, the dude screen tested for the role on Sunday and got the role last week. Yeah, That's crazy. Really cool. Um, see, Tyler Cowboy says 2021 is going to be crazy with WandaVision, Loki, Hawkeye, and what if shows and Shang-Chi, Doctor Strange 2, Thor 4, and possibly the third Spider-Man film. There's no doubt about it. It's going to be nuts. Um, and, uh, Aquafina, Ryan Tool says Aquafina will be awesome as well. And then Durbania says Iron Man 3 was okay. Ben Kingsley was great as the Mandarin. I just wish he was the Mandarin in 
the real Mandarin in that film, but I look forward to the real Mandarin. Mm-hmm. And uh, Roger Tava says he was great, but the stupid villain twist wasn't. Yeah, we all we all yeah. agree. It wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> a good twist. Not as executed well as it could have. <laughs> no. Okay, so let's talk about WandaVision. Uh, this is spring 2021. This is going to be a uh, set after the uh, um, the events, I think, of Civil War, I think. Is it? Or... I thought it was going to be after Endgame. But but how are they going to do that with, with him being dead? Let me explain my theory. Uh... <laughs> so, WandaVision, right? Are uh-huh. they talking about Vision? Or maybe Wanda's vision. But haven't didn't they already announce that? He, I mean, because Bendy was there. He's in it, of course, of course. But let me pitch this to you. So, um, in the comics, there's a story called Vision, and it's this very, very weird, weird story of uh, basically a timeline where Vision and Scarlet Witch are married, have kids, and it's very fifties. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of like a suburban, like Leave It to Beaver style thing with their kids and stuff, and. I, this is the uh, Disney Plus show that Kevin Feige made very clear is going to tie directly into the next one. We'll talk about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse yes. of Madness, which she's also a part of. So here's my theory. I believe that WandaVision is referring to something that she's trapped inside her mind with. Uh, oh. Maybe to the point where she's seeing a vision of what her life was like with would be like with Vision. And that's where Paul Bettany is in, involved. And Maybe they can explain like that they're working on getting his AI built back up. But I think mo- mainly the big twist is it is of this is going to be that all of this is in her head, whatever we see with the vision. And it's going to be something that ties directly into the multiverse of madness. Maybe she's thinking, that madness. I was thinking like, is this going to be there? There. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't really thinking this, but as a joke, I was thinking that, uh, this is going to be their, uh, you know, their romantic comedy. <laughs> because it will. All we, no, it totally Because all we know about about uh, Wanda and Vision's time is them like making spaghetti and <laughs> yeah. And I really truly think it's going to be like that. But there's also going to be this weird like they're they're going to have some weird hints of like maybe you're not really seeing what you're seeing. Yeah, yeah. That would be, be dope. And then and, and then Doctor Strange has power. to fight her or something. Like he's got to get her out of that. Yeah. Feige said, if you thought that logo was strange, wait until you see this show. It's unlike mm-hmm. anything we've done before. Strange. It's if you think get... that's strange, oh, Doctor yeah. Strange. Interesting. <laughs> it's going to get weird. We're going to go deep. We're going to have lots of surprises. We're going to finally understand Wanda Maximoff as Scarlet Witch. Because, yeah, she's never really been Scarlet Witch, hardly at yeah. all, in the, in the MCU. So. Uh, and I think she's really going to go crazy. And I think Doctor Strange has got to fix her. Like, I loved the moment with her and Thanos in Endgame. But, mm. uh, but yeah, they haven't uh, used her powers as much as they could. And uh, she's gone through so. enough where she can really unleash. Like, she could be what Jean Grey never could be in the movies. <laughs> yeah, and Paul Bettany said, I have no idea. Last thing I knew, I died in Infinity War, so I literally have never been this confused in front of this <laughs> many people. Every time we get to do this, the stories get richer and richer, and this is the richest of all. I hope you love it, because this is going to be surprising and weird. 
Nice. And so, yeah. And then, so then, like you said, uh, they announced that, that she would have a major role in the new Doctor Strange, which we'll talk about in a bit, that Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. And I really like the way that Marvel has done this, where each, I know some people thought there was too much Iron Man in, in Homecoming, which is fine. Uh, but I, I like, really since Iron Man 2, that they kind of will introduce their new character, uh, one character, and then, uh, you know, and they kind of have, and that's what I think makes their origin stories really work is because you kind of have that support yeah. of a, an existing character, you know, even in Captain Marvel with Nick Fury, uh, you know, just all there's every single one of practically has something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if it's just more of a kind of a cameo, like, uh, like Falcon in, in uh, Ant-Man kind of a thing. I think we're going to see Pietro Maximoff again. I think we're going to have some Quicksilver. Oh, that'd be fun. I, I think she's going to have to, she's going to have to discover that she's going to have to like get past it. Yeah. So, uh, so Lashana Lynch is going to appear in this, um, as Monica Rambo. And, mm, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, wait, not, not Lashana Lynch. Sorry. Uh, that M- Monica Rambo, uh, the daughter of Maria who was played by Lashana Lynch, sorry, is going to be, and it played by Tayona Paris from if Beale street could talk. Uh, is going to be in this series as well. So that's pretty, pretty fun. Yeah. And uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, we have some, uh, Durbanius says, I just don't care about Wanda and Vision's relationship. How dare you? Um, how dare no, you? Ryan <laughs> <laughs> says, I oh, wonder. I he put in the comments, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I said like, that. That's how such dare. a weird comment. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like you. <laughs> Ryan also says, I wonder how Monica Rambeau is going to be in this. Yeah, so that'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raja Tavis says, I think their relationship was interesting and had more potential, but they kind of wasted that potential. And Tyler Cover says, I just want to see more Scarlet Witch since she's so underused in the films so far. And then Durbanius says, I like the moment in Infinity where Wanda has to destroy the Mind Stone and the pain in her face. That was interesting. But in the MCU overall, just wasn't invested in their relationship. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and Orion says, I wonder if the accent will come back. So nah, yeah, they're done be, with that. <laughs> interesting to see. Uh, so As they do okay. a flashback, it just switches the accent. So I'm That's excited. Cool. I think that'll be fun, WandaVision. And then Loki series, and I am a huge Loki fan. That's part of the reason why I love the first Avengers. I love Loki. Mm. I, don't, I just love him. I think he's so interesting and fun. And, and that's why I can never really hate any of the uh, Thor movies, because at the end, I love Thor and I love Loki. And I think anything with them is always going to be fun. And I mean, that's, I love Ragnarok because of that. Cause I love their, they yeah. finally got the script they really deserved, but, uh, but I don't know. I just, I love Tom Hiddleston as Loki so much. I'm excited for where this particular Loki is going to go. Cause Kevin Feige confirmed this is the Loki that stole the Tesseract and disappeared yeah. in Endgame. So he's still pretty mad and freshly beaten by the Avengers. So yeah. I think we're going to lose a lot of the character development that we had up to Ragnarok, but that makes me excited to see what, cause he's, he can't really go back to Thanos because he failed and he can't really go home. So what is a guy that's just angry at everything and has the Tesseract to just travel anywhere he wants? What does that guy do? It my, sounds like a 
fun. My kind of hope for this is that it'll kind of be the MCU's version of Doctor Who. <laughs> and it'll be kind of going all over the place. And like, That'd be funny. Wouldn't that be cool? Just messing with, I want him messing with historical time events yeah. and just like, yeah, yeah, that would be fun. It would be awesome. So that's sort of my secret hope, but who knows if, <laughs> uh, if it'll happen. Oh, before but, we jump over, um, yeah. there's one more thing with multiverse that we didn't cover it, that it's supposed to be Marvel's first horror film. Still PG 13. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll still talk about that. Because, oh, sorry. Know. I didn't know if yeah, you were yeah. jumping. No, past. you're, you're <laughs> good. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, of course, uh, Tom Edelson was, iconic for making the appearance at comic-con as loki all mm. in the outfit and everything and but this time he he I, he was just in his regular clothes and uh and so and i but i think that was by design you know because they're trying to sell this new show and he says you guys saw avengers right he's still that guy and mm -hmm. and just about the last thing that happened to him was he got hulk smashed so there's a lot of psychological evolution that hasn't happened yet but kevin has generously showed me what his plans are i can't tell you any of them but the, it's it is one of the most exciting creative opportunities i think i've ever come across so that is really exciting nice. for a loki fan like myself mm. i am thrilled so yay, I will definitely be watching that. I can tell you that. Okay, now we are getting to Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. New title, kind of a mouthful, but I, I think they they wanted to make it clear after, uh, after Spider-Man Far From Home was kind of ambiguous about is there a multiverse, is there not a multiverse, whatever, mm -hmm. uh, that I, I think that this was by design that they gave this title. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think they've, uh, what did Kevin Feige say? Just because uh, Quentin Beck is a liar doesn't mean the multiverse doesn't exist. Um, that's cool to me. I see a lot of potential with this going back with what Scarlet Witch has to bring when she's in this. Um, they're going to keep it PG-13, but uh, to be a, a gothic horror film in the MCU, I'm, I'm ready. The main villain yeah. is a nightmare as well, but there's no I, casting on him yet. Yeah, and I think that it will be a PG-13 movie. I do not see them making this an R-rated film, but you can get away with a lot in PG-13 these days. Mm -hmm. Practically, you can get away with almost anything if you don't show blood. So I think, uh, which is ridiculous, by the way. I think this one will be just fine because it's all magic anyway. Yeah, I mean, if Feige actually said it's going to be PG-13 and you're going to like it. And you're going to like it. <laughs> I know. That was like yeah. a quick Jedi mind trick to shut that guy up. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think that, like I said, you can get away with, with a lot these days uh, that you can't uh, with PG-13. So mm -hmm. I really love Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. I think that, uh, I mean, I, I liked his movie I more than most, I think. Uh, I, I thought that, I thought that it, it did. A, it was a pretty good origin story, and yeah, it had a formula, but and it was, I guess, similar to Iron Man. But I was fine with it. I thought that he did a good job, and there was enough emotion. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I always like Tilda Swinton and anything. She's great. Yeah. And but then I think he's been also just really strong in his little parts in these other films. He's yeah. really elevated, whether it's the Ragnarok, whether it's uh, Infinity War. You know that uh, he's been really good, so uh, that makes me excited for this new one. And then they asked that Wanda uh, Scarlet Witch 
uh, will be appearing in this one. And that's really cool. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited about it, about that. Uh, and so, uh, and then we also have uh, that we'll, we'll be able to we'll see Beautiful Edge for uh, again. So, you know, that'll be interesting. We don't know if he'll be the main villain mm -hmm. or anything like that, but. Uh, it might likely know. be set up for it. Or yeah. For at least the next one. It would make sense with what happens in the Doctor Strange. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's see here. So Rajatava says, I think Universe of Madness, it won't be a hardcore horror or anything. And it will just have scary and dark visuals and maybe some jump scares. I don't know horror movies love doing that, that horror movies love doing nowadays. So yeah, yeah. that's fun. Uh, that's true. Uh, Ryan says Blade should be R-rated. We'll talk more about that. Um, looking deeper into movies says, I just really hope that Mordo makes a return at some point. They can't just leave him hanging. And Rhino Tool, I found Doctor Strange overrated. And Tyler Calvert says, you mean underrated. I agree. I agree underrated. <laughs> I thought it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. I thought that there was enough emotion and he got to this, he got to kind of, a, I would say an even lower state as far as just like groveling, you know, just anything than, than actually I think Tony Stark got. Like, because yeah, he was in that cave and stuff, but but I never felt like he was as destitute as how what happens with yeah with, with um uh, Doctor Strange. So anyway, we'll see. So next up, we have what if this is as a you know I'm an animation girl, so this is very exciting. Uh, this is summer 2021. Uh, this is a series where they're going uh, based on a comic series, a what if series. I believe, uh, mm -hmm. and there, there's a chance to ask questions like, what if Agent Carter became Captain America? Uh, what if Loki found Thor's hammer? Uh, all these different situations, and they're gonna have you know tons of people back, tons of stars, and uh, I think this sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, so, uh, and then we'll have uh, Jeffrey Wright playing the Watcher, uh, from the comics, and he's going to be sort of the Rod Sterling in the Twilight Zone narrator, talking about leading through this. So that's going to be great. I'm excited. Okay, one more. Uh, and uh, yeah, we have a bunch more comments about uh, Ryan Schultz says it was the humor that made me cringe so bad. So, hmm. Hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, and oh, yeah, and Roger Tuff says he means overrated, and I agree with him. Hmm. Guys, guys in the chat room. Uh, anyway, <laughs> speaking of overrated, Hawkeye. <laughs> we'll talk about Hawkeye. Oh, fighting words there for Hawkeye, huh? Uh, <laughs> here's here's my problem. We're getting this in fall 2021. Uh -huh. That is way too long. You got to get Hawkeye and Black Widow their things and get them out of there. Like get, get into the new stuff because by this point. Jeremy Renner is talking about um, you're going to finally see what, what happened between Infinity War and Endgame with him as Ronan, and they're going to be training the new Hawkeye, Kate Bishop. But honestly, I'm only excited for Kate Bishop because I don't care about Hawkeye by 2021. Like, I at that point, we'll be so far ahead of the game. Uh, Doctor Strange will have already come out. There will be so many different things. Who's going to care is my question. Yeah, I mean, it's a series, so it's not as big a risk as mm. a movie. 
but uh, I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see some of that that was going on with hockey during that period. I am, but I, now I want to see it now. I don't want to yeah. see it in 2021. That's that's like it is true. That's a good it's point. Weird. It's too far away. It wasn't as interesting to be pushed that far back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sorry. That's, that's a good point. Yeah, Ryan O'Toole, I care about hockey. How dare you, Patrick? <laughs> oh, it's not that I. I know. It's I not know. that I don't care about him. It's that I. I won't later on. <laughs> and Tyler, honestly, says, if they can tee up Katie Bishop well, then I'll be yeah, excited. He says he's way cooler as Ronan, so that's interesting. Uh, yeah, I think that there's an interesting kind of backstory there. I'm definitely uh, uh, curious, but yeah, that's a good point about it being maybe a little late. But there's going to mm. be so much content that I swear we're just gonna. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, wow. I mean, anyone who doesn't sign up for Disney Plus, like, I don't oh, understand. Oh, yeah. The Mandalorian and this. Just just do it. <laughs> Plus all the other content that they're going to be getting. And, I yeah. mean, they're even going to have the Christmas movie, Noel, with Anna Kendrick. This, I mean, that enough for me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. So, no, not really actually kidding. I'm <laughs> so excited for that. So, okay. Now we have Thor, Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder. Yeah. Uh, and Ryan Russell says, I wanted a Ronin series if I'm being honest. Uh, mm. so that could have been, a, that could have been interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Thor love and thunder. This is probably the most surprising announcement of the whole panel, maybe except for blade, but, mm. um, uh, they announced that, uh, obviously Chris Hemsworth, Tessa Thompson, were going to be back a new Thor movie. And, uh, that, uh, that, they are going to make uh, Tessa Thompson's character, Valkyrie, going to make her the first LGBTQ uh, character, like official of mm -hmm. the MCU, uh, that uh, she needs to find. She said that she'll be looking for her as her, her, her for her queen yeah. as their, as earth uh, king. And uh, so that's exciting. And mm -hmm. that'll be fun to see. Yeah, I'm um, really excited to see how she handles ruling New Asgard. Or what yeah. New Asgard even looks like. We've seen it, but have we seen it? Yeah. I mean, if I was going to nitpick, I kind of don't love that she said that about her being the king and looking for her queen. Just because I don't think that the goal is for uh, the for female characters to take the place of male characters. I think I kind of wish she had said she's a queen looking for her queen like that. I actually would have liked mm. better, but I think it's because uh, who was it? Somebody teed, teed her off with that, mm -hmm. with saying like, I think it was the announcer. She was like, so you're the new king of Asgard. Mm -hmm. So maybe she just didn't want to embarrass her and say, yeah. you know, I'm actually the queen. So yeah. she was like, let's turn this. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that could be, that could be. So anyway, but it's exciting. And I'm, I, I think that, especially if you work representation into the story in a way that makes sense, then that's great. I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. I have no problem with that. If it's, if it's obviously something that's being done for representation sake alone, then that can still be fine. <laughs> Could <laughs> you imagine if they gave her the, the captain Marvel treatment with, I'm just a girl. 
what would, yeah right that would essentially it, be them putting in like ymca like the yeah, minute she starts yeah. kissing someone. <laughs> <laughs> and i don't Oof. know i just think it's even better when it just it feels in a natural evolution of the character and i i think it basically does i mean yeah she had some chemistry with mm-hmm. uh with thor but i i think they've always kind of kept her there was m- much more with hulk than anything and yeah. it was hulk when it was hulk as soon as it turned back into into Something a bit male, more friendship. It was like, uh, yeah, it was much more of like a brother sister relationship. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, think that's going to be cool. I'm excited, and uh, and so and then, but then the biggest news was that we have uh, Jane Foster coming back, Natalie Portman, and that she is going to be taking on the role of female Thor, yeah. which is a thing in the comics. There is Lady the Thor, Thor run, yeah. And uh, so this was pretty surprising. Do you agree? Very, mainly because of her feelings towards the Thor films that she's been a part of. It's yeah. not really seemed like she's been super into it. And even if she were, this is essentially like saying, hey, guys, we're going to make Pepper Potts the new Iron Man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure, there's presence in the comics for it, but this is a little weirder because we just, she hasn't been, how many years has it been since she's uttered a a syllable in a movie? It's even more surprising than if they made Pepper Potts Thor because, Mm -hmm. because I, I I mean, for for the most part, people like Pepper fine. Like, I don't, people don't love Gwyneth Paltrow, but I think for the most part, people are fine with Pepper. I think that the reaction to Jane has been, mixed it best i think people just want to know that she actually is excited about it and of course she is mm-hmm. but maybe they've got trepidation that like she's coming into this kind of half-heartedly well, the, well like yeah they, I, mean, I kind of wonder if if they made like a deal where we're like we'll fund five of your independent films if you come mm-hmm. and be like maybe Honestly, I think she's excited to work with Taika Waititi. My my big thing yeah. is if you keep blending in the first two Thors, you're, you're also blending in that tone yeah. in a sense. So how are they going to make uh, Jane Foster work in a Taika Waititi Thor universe? And, and I think the Taika Waititi was the kind of the star of the panel in so many ways. Like his reactions to oh, every awesome. announcement was amazing. He was like Jack Sparrow up there. He was what he was so great he's just such a i love him so much he's he a such a light and it just a I, I want it man i i think i think if i could pick somebody to have a meal with in the mcu i might pick him because he's just yeah. so cool he's so I great would. but <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, so yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, I could definitely see her being excited about that. Why wouldn't you be? Mm-hmm. And uh, and so yeah, hopefully she will be invested. Hopefully she'll put in a. It's not that she was necessarily bad. It just I, I feel like her role was written to just kind of be a nag. She was just a MacGuffin for all of the dark yeah, world. She, she was just kind of anything a, else but a plot point. Yeah, um, she was just kind of a nag to Thor, and that just made her not great. Yeah. And uh, so hopefully they can give her some personality, some distinguishing characteristics that we can be rooting for her. That yeah, I want to see it. I want to see the the new Jane as yeah. as as far as because there's a new Thor. Let's get a new Jane. 
Yeah, because uh, unfortunately, Natalie Portman, Academy Award winning actress, her franchise films have just been bland and they haven't been great yep. uh, with, you know, with the only with V for the, Vendetta is the only one that yeah, was a big budget film prequels. I can remember that she was uh, great in Star Wars prequels. Not great. Yeah, but that's not yeah. her fault. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> you can't blame her. That's like going after Jake Lloyd. No. <laughs> so anyway, she's just had bad luck when it comes to franchises. Let's just mm-hmm. say that. So uh, let's see. Uh, Tyler Cabot says, I'm fine with female Thor. I just haven't found Jane Foster's character all that interesting so far in the MCU. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Like, for sure. Um, and uh, Ryan O'Toole says, Korg is coming back and Korg needs a Disney Plus series. I'm I'm all for yeah, that. I, I'm I, into I, that. Korg and I could, watch, I could watch a series of them just playing Fortnite and talking and I would love it. Make so. an animated Korg and Meek movie. Yeah. That would be fun. <laughs> uh, and Tyler says, uh, I wonder if this means they'll also bring back Darcy and Selvig. And Oof. No, I don't think <laughs> I so. I don't think so. But I think, knows? I think, no, <laughs> jeez, <laughs> that stopped me in my tracks, man. You no, can have, just don't. <laughs> yeah. Malekith okay. is back. So that was all of the phase four announcements. That was a lot. We are going to be having so much entertainment brought to us. Like, are we going to have time mm. to do anything else? I don't even know, but they're not giving us the time, <laughs> but that wasn't all. It was so exciting. So, they they they're about to finish up the panel, and they announce Marshall Ali uh, come mm. to the stage, and uh, and they uh, they say you know they're talking whatever, and then he puts on the baseball cap, and it is Blade. Yeah. So and then they have it on the on the screen, and so this is going to be in Phase Five, and mm. that was a pretty fun moment. It, yeah, for sure. So let's talk about that comment. Blade should be rated R. I absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. Um, here's why. Blade, there's many characters where blood, gore, violence, language is not really inherent in their characters, right? That's not the case for Blade. Mm-hmm. That was never the case for Wolverine. And it didn't really click until Logan when they decided to actually like go for it. And they got to do that with Blade. Um, with them keeping Deadpool rated R, I feel Disney does have the opportunity to kind of rise above. Because they, they've got to branch out a little bit more. And then the next step is R-rated films. Because Fox is gone. And that was the only one doing that. So but, they need to. But the problem is, is that... <sighs> The problem is, is that they, if they have an R-rated film in the MCU, that, because you're telling a continuous story, whereas mm. then Deadpool 3, it's not going to be in the MCU. It's going to be its own thing. And so, but if it's going to be in the MCU, then you're going to have a huge portion of their audience that isn't going to be able to participate in that part of the story. And isn't Sure, but Blade's not for kids. It never was for kids. <laughs> but... I'm just saying that that's the problem with telling a continuous story of the MCU. If you have a, if you have a movie that literally, at least technically, of course they'll sneak in whatever and see it. But as far as technically, then a huge portion of their audience is not going to be able to participate in that part of the story. Isn't that a problem? Well, you run the risk with it, but was that ever really a problem for the Deadpool movies? Because Deadpool movies aren't in the MCU. Oh, well they will be. He will, he will reference MCU. He will jump in and out of stuff. He's, he's not going to be, because what universe does Deadpool have anymore? 
if not being able to He's poke fun at the MCU. His own thing. They're still going to release it under the Fox banner. It's not going to be part of, at least my understanding, it's not going to be part of the MCU. Deadpool. From what I understand, they they said that they're bringing him in and that they're keeping him as a rated R for character. Mm, Last I, I saw, I I don't I I because they tried to do that that testing with um it was Bob Iger actually who said it. My my understanding is that Bob Iger specifically said there were was not going to be any R rated films in the MCU, and Uh-oh. I'm looking it up. <laughs> if you if you in the comment section, if you guys know. Um, that was my understanding is that he had said that they're keeping Deadpool rated R, but he will not be in the MCU and his movies will not be in the, he might make an yeah. appearance in the MCU, but his movies are not part of the continuity. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm saying. So, so that's what I was trying to explain with blade is that it's, it, it can be connected in the sense that he can appear in an Avengers film or any standalone film, just like Spider-Man is kind of, but Spider-Man is going to be in so, a Venom film. And we all right. know that. And Venom in that sense, it does have some type of tie, so, but, then Blade, but there's nothing really related. Blade as a movie, the character might be in the MCU, but Blade as a movie would have to be outside of the MCU as far as the plot. Mm. So that's that's the tricky thing. I, I, I agree Ooh. with you. So here's what Iger said. Now, this is interesting. He yeah. said, Iger hinted that these films won't be released under the traditional Marvel or Disney banner. He didn't say yeah. Fox. The company will make it an effort to ensure it's carefully branded so we're not in any way confusing the consumer. I, I, I see them making, because what is it, Marvel Knights? Marvel Knights is the brand for the adult Marvel. Mm-hmm. What if they? What if Marvel Knights Blade is the first of that, right? Yeah. I, I don't think that, that it's, a, it's a it's a it's a far it's a far enough cry to, to put in a R-rated standalone franchise into a PG-13 world and and have it disrupt anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it would disrupt any flow. It would definitely water down whatever Blade's doing. But I mean, maybe what they could do is do like a little, I don't know, maybe like an animated little catch up or something mm. so that people that couldn't see the, the, the movie, then they could kind of catch up with whatever happened. In yeah. the movie. I don't know. They, they, there's a lot of creative ideas. That's just the challenge that they have going for it. It, it is it, a challenge, but I think it's worth it. Mm. I, I think it's worth it. Cause blade blade does deserve every character deserves the most close to the interpretation treatment as possible. Mm-hmm. And, and like I was saying, there, something it would be really, really strange if they're like, we're going to make an R-rated Captain America. And it's like, th- th- what? why would you do that? That makes absolutely no yeah. sense for that character. But if it's Blade and he's slicing people's heads off and they're making it PG-13, that feels weirder than it being R. Yeah. Yeah. If it becomes just and a, I, th- it becomes I think Marvel a, loves us. <laughs> if it becomes just a gimmick to make your movie rated R, then that's... Mm-hmm not good so if you get reason if you have a reason like what logan had and i think this one does have that it can it can push through and how many funny references are going to be for blade trinity with ryan reynolds showing up yeah because he was in blade trinity (laughs) right he's gonna deadpool's gonna make fun of that so he's gonna you look different (laughs) what are you doing here (laughs) yeah uh yeah it would be fun if they uh if they gave wesley snipes a role of some kind in it that mm. would be kind of fun or cameo at least um and tyler Cobb says i don't want pg-13 blade with cutaway deaths so yeah i mean we basically yeah. all agree on that it's just how they execute it 
within the continuity of the MCU is the only thing that I would kind of wonder about. But, uh, yeah. but uh, I mean, Mahershala Ali is amazing. I love him. I mean, he's won two Oscars. He's so charismatic. He's mm-hmm. so handsome. I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be great. So that was a fun moment. Yep. And then they also just announced uh, that they're, that we're going to be getting, I guess, phase five, we're going that Captain Marvel two is going to be coming. Black Panther two guardians of the galaxy volume three will be coming. And, uh, and you know, along with blade four. and fantastic four. So that's pretty <laughs> fun. Mm-hmm. I, so, I don't even know where to start with it. That's like a whole other video. <laughs> just to even talk about like the three seconds of him just saying all that. Yeah. Yeah. So we are going to be not any uh, yearning for, for new content from Marvel. That's for sure. And mm-hmm. we have D23 coming up where we'll get even more uh, news. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's fun. Uh, we'll probably get a trailer. I would think at D23. Yeah. Uh, for Black Widow, so I would I would think so. Yeah, so that's exciting about Fantastic Four. Uh, you know, hopefully, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. Let's do it. Oh yeah, that would be really good. Mm-hmm. I, I'd like that. Uh, so a last comment. Ryan O'Toole says, "Seems like the trend now with Marvel is that if you just won an Oscar, you're going to get a call from Kevin Feige." Mm-hmm. And and he's in fact, this was the opposite Oscars, in this so. case. Apparently, Mahershala came up to Feige, yeah, right? And Feige said, "When Mahershala calls, you answer." Does it annoy you that Mahershala played a character on Luke Cage, and that's being kind of no? Right. Because that character was wasted. Oh man, it made me so sad that Cottonmouth was killed off halfway through season one. It was ridiculous. I like that was one of the biggest problems I had with it. So they're giving him new life, and. I don't know if I don't think that really means that we're that they're going completely away from Netflix, um, Marvel. In fact, the opposite. It means that Kevin Feige's paying attention mm-hmm. to it. Do so you I think, think he'll be they'll they'll tie that in? I hope that they find a way to bring Daredevil in. If anything can be salvaged from that universe, it needs to be Daredevil. Yeah, what was I? Oh, somebody was saying that. Uh... Oh, I can't remember that. Oh, it was when we were talking. I was talking with Zach Pope about uh, about Spider Man Far From Home in that podcast. Uh, he was saying how some people were saying in because this that didn't get announced because obviously that's Sony's announcement to make. But we know there will be another Spider Man movie as well into all of this madness, mm-hmm. and uh, that that he might. There's rumors he might need an attorney of some kind in the next one with all of this that's going around. If it was Daredevil, and I, I mean, I personally would love if they introduced Shield into the MCU because I think it's a really fun comic character. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's really sassy and she's really confident. And I think that would be a lot of fun, but yeah, that that would be a place where you could also inter- in, introduce Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, so that could be fun. So anyway, it's going to be really interesting to see what, uh, what happens. And it, it definitely uh, was an exciting, exciting panel. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. The only thing I would have been kind of annoyed at if I was at, if I was at San Diego comic-con is that there was no exclusives at all. Like everything that was aired was aired to every, like, I'd be so, like if I had stayed, if I had, I guess there were a few black widow clips. That was the only thing that was exclusive yeah. in the whole panel. And if I'd slept overnight to be in that line and, Oof. and every, I could have gotten everything at home. It, uh, I would have been kind of annoyed. Yeah. 
but oh well, <laughs> that's for them to be annoyed. Um, so uh, Tyler says, I want the Punisher back too if they make Blade rated R. So mm. yeah, it, it it it'll be interesting to see what happens. But this has been really fun to talk about. Would you say there's one thing that you are one property you are most excited about? Uh, Wandavision. I want to know what that oh. is. I think Wandavision's my my top. Yeah, very cool. I you know I'm I am excited for all of them, uh, but I think I'm probably the most excited. I know I'm really intrigued about Shang Shang Chi. Mm-hmm. I just think it sounds really interesting, and I'm excited for them to kind of tackle martial arts and that one. I'm probably the most excited about, but nice. I'm excited about all of them. They sound amazing, so it's gonna <laughs> be great. It's gonna be fun. So. Sweet. Thanks so much for coming on and talking about this with me. I really appreciate it. And thanks everybody in the comments for your great comments. This was very exciting. Yeah. And so Patrick, how can people find you online and everything? Follow you. Awesome. Hey, you can find me at patrickbatyreviews.com, B-E-A-T-T-Y. Uh, all of my YouTube, Twitter, all that stuff is on there that you can follow. Um, and yeah, make sure to keep watching Rachel. She's, she's awesome. And is pushing content like left and right. <laughs> well, Hopefully I can be back on soon. Yeah. Thank you so much. And yeah, you can follow me Rachel's reviews all over uh, social media, iTunes and on YouTube. I'll post this on iTunes uh, once it uploads uh, as well. And, uh, and then I have my blog uh, at rachelsreviews.net to so check that out uh, where I cover uh, a lot of movies through written reviews and, uh, and then I also have the Hallmarkies podcast, which is so much fun. I really enjoy doing that. So uh, that, that's great. And thanks again. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. And thanks again for the comments. And uh, yeah, we'll have to see how it all plays out. Yep. All right. Alrighty. Thanks again. Bye. Bye guys.